The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 13th chapter. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it to give away to give water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on this Sabbath day? When he had said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at the wonderful things that he was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. In our gospel reading last Sunday, Jesus said that he came to bring division. The words sound harsh until we start to see examples of what he may have meant by that. And one of those comes right away in this gospel reading for today. At the beginning of the story, diverse people are in the synagogue together on the Sabbath, and there doesn't appear to be any division. But then Jesus sees the suffering of one person in the crowd, and he decides to act immediately. Calling her over, he touches her and frees her from her ailment. It all sounds good, and it really is good. But then we see how this act of mercy becomes the source of division. In the eyes of the synagogue leader, Jesus' action action violated the law of Moses that prohibits doing any work on the Sabbath. And then in his anger, this leader not only condemns Jesus, for what he has done. But he lashes out at every other person who's there hoping to be healed, even on that Sabbath day. So it is true, Jesus brought the vision. He could have left things alone. He could have turned his eyes away from this woman who had been ignored for 18 years coming there. He could have said, she's waited this long, what's one more day? But the fire of love that burned in Jesus led him to respond immediately, right then and there. For those familiar with Old Testament laws about the Sabbath, you could say that Jesus was leaning much more into the one that comes to us in the book of Deuteronomy, more so than the one that's recorded in Exodus. When we looked at both of those laws at our Wednesday Bible study this week, We noted that the Exodus 
law about the Sabbath connects the whole law to the story of creation in Genesis. You need to rest on the seventh day of the week, the law says in Exodus 20, because that's what God did after God created the heavens and the earth. But in the Deuteronomy text, the Sabbath law is connected to a completely different story. Instead of connecting it to the story of creation, the law in Deuteronomy 5 points Jews to the story, the great story of their own exodus from bondage in Egypt. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt, the law states, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Whenever I hear that story of freedom, the first thing that, that stands out for me is the fact that God saw that little tiny group of people in the sea of humanity. And then when God saw them, God was not content to let them languish. God could have said, what's one more year or one more decade or one more generation after all the suffering? Instead, God said, now is the time to act. Just like Jesus did when he saw that woman in the crowd on the Sabbath. For many hearers and readers of this gospel story, that's the first thing that stands out for them too. The fact that Jesus saw this woman, this woman bent over among all of the people gathered that day. She didn't cry out for help, try to make herself known, do anything to make herself visible, but Jesus saw her. My brother, Lee, has had Parkinson's disease for over 10 years now. And when I spoke with him on the phone earlier in the week, he said that that's now the most significant and compelling part of this story for him, the most meaningful part of it. The fact that Jesus saw this woman is a source of great comfort and assurance, and it reminds him that he too is seen and loved and lifted up with that same grace of God. Perhaps many of you would say the same thing. In our world today, there are disabilities of so many different kinds that can make people feel isolated and sometimes very much alone. I still remember the testimony of one of our members who was confined to a wheelchair after surgery and had never experienced what it was like to be in public in that way. After a few days, she said, no one wants to look at me. They all turn their eyes away. It stems, of course, from our own uncomfortableness, perhaps, with the suffering of other people. We don't know what to do or what to say, so we turn our eyes away, we look away. But this is not God's way. And it's not meant to be our way either. I'm thankful for all of the changes that have taken place in my lifetime that have helped people with disabilities 
know that they are both seen and valued as equals. But I know, too, that we still have a long way to go and that the fire of God's love needs to be kindled again so that we do not lose the sense of urgency that we find in Jesus. It reminds me of something that Martin Luther King said in a speech at Riverside Church in New York. We are now faced with the fact that tomorrow is today, Dr. King said. We are confronted with the fierce urgency of now. And there's no time for apathy or complacency. Did Dr. King cause division when he said things like that? Of course he did. But he was willing to accept it as a consequence of bringing freedom to a whole community of people who'd suffered far, far too long. And when it comes to our gospel story for today, that's usually, I think, how I have heard it. I've heard it in a very broad way, a way that makes me aware of all of the suffering people in the world, and a way of remembering that God sees them and frees them. And I still believe that that is very true, that this is a story for all of us in that way. But when my brother said that his disability gave him new ears and new eyes as he heard this story, that it drew him to that one significant part of it. That's where my heart went. Three years from now, when this text comes up again in the Sunday lectionary, I may be drawn to something else. But today, I'm gladly hearing it with his ears and with his testimony. At our Wednesday Bible study, before I had spoken with him, I remember calling attention to the fact that Jesus saw this woman, even though she hadn't done anything to call attention to herself. But I didn't hear it in a personal way. If you ask me why, I'd have to admit that being seen by others and by God is one of those things that I foolishly take for granted. The same was true, I suppose, for that leader of the synagogue who was doing his best to be faithful that day. As a public figure, he was seen by people all the time. And I doubt if he could relate to anyone who had a totally different experience. In truth, that was perhaps one of his disabilities. And it makes him a very relatable character in the story for me. Like me, he probably didn't know what it was like to come to worship, as so many people do today, wondering if he could physically get to where he needed to be. He probably didn't know what it was like to sit in worship and fellowship without the ability to hear everything that is said. He probably didn't worry about being able to read words that were too small. He probably didn't worry about remembering the names of friends when he was there or enduring chronic pain for one hour. It's just good that Jesus was there that day, there that day to see what this man couldn't see. And it wasn't just the woman's disability. 
What Jesus saw, says Luke, is a disabled woman who was a daughter of Abraham. He saw a beloved child of God, hidden in the crowd because of her ailment, and he felt an immediate connection to her. When I hear that, I, I think that's what I want for me and for us as a congregation. I want, I want us all to be less like that out-of-touch leader and more like the God we meet in Jesus in this story and in this woman who rises up to claim her identity. If St. Mark's is anything like our country as a whole, people with disabilities represent a large part of who we are together. And the time is long past for us to not only affirm that, but to build a life here where no one goes unseen and where no one's needs go unmet. It will take more open and frank conversations about this than I think we've had in all of our concern for so many of the other people that we see in the world around us. And it will require, I'm sure, a greater investment of our resources to respond in God's way. But there should be no more days of waiting. I ask for your help in that and for your partnership together, trusting that God will see us together for who we are and set us free to live together in thanks and praise. Thanks be to God. Amen.